Good morning. It's International Talk Like a Pirate Day. Make those telemarketers walk the plank. This is Roger Ederson from the Jolly Roger Telephone Company, and you are listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'll see you in the future. For September 19th, 2017, I'm Steve Foder. Arr, and I'm Captain Blow. <laughs> We're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. And if you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. Today, September 19th, it's International Talk Like a Pirate Day again, Chip. Arr, Steve, we'll be talking like a pirate. Oh, it's our favorite. It's one of our favorite holidays of the whole year. Somehow it sounds like SpongeBob. I, I, that's my pirate, Arr, Captain. My pirate is definitely SpongeBob. I still I still do that. When I do morning announcements, I say, are you ready, kids? And, and as the kids get older, or I'm sorry, as I get older and the kids aren't getting much older, I get kindergartners and first graders who just stare at me like, yes, sir, we're ready. I'm like, Dude, don't you know? Don't you know SpongeBob? Yeah, my my pirate voice is definitely the pirate from SpongeBob. So how did we learn to talk like a pirate, there, Steve? This is the fifteenth anniversary of International Talk Like a Pirate Day. This was originally created by a couple of guys who who decided that uh, it would be a fun thing to do. Well, you could put it in pirate speak, right? Arr. And and of of course, this there was one actor. <laughs> Who came up with this? This is the way pirates talk, Steve. Yeah, this is this was the 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 actor who was Long John Silver in the 1950s Disney Treasure Island. That's where we get this talking like a pirate is is saying "r" all the time. So it's from tre- the- Treasure Island, 1950, and Arr. what Blackbeard the pirate in 1952. R. And and he based it upon. Actually, the, the, it looks like that was based upon. Uh, was it was Raisin Dorset, not in Bristol. But it came from a certain part of England where he thinks these pirates came from. So he just kind of adopted it. And As it was- opposed to those other pirates, the I'm the Captain Now pirate. <laughs> That's a totally different kind of pirate day. <laughs> it is, Steve. <laughs> Tom Hanks was in that one. <laughs> so walk around talking like a pirate today. It's it's the day that people will look at you just a little bit less funny if you do it compared you'll do, to tomorrow. You'll do your announcements in pirate speak. I will. There will definitely morning announcements today will be in pirate speak. We'll be having the pizza. And, and the first graders looking. What is he doing? Why is he talking so funny? Yes, this it is the annual tradition <laughs> since two thousand. You can tell the nachos joke. <laughs> Oh, I love morning announcements. Don't you just love morning announcements and little kids? <laughs> All right. Film at 11. Brings us to our film at 11, our movie of the week. And I had to see a couple movies, didn't you? I did. I, I finally got a chance to see Passengers. This came out in December of 2016, and it stars Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt stuck by themselves stranded in a spaceship and there's no way that anybody can help them they are far enough away from earth and far enough from their destination that they have to figure out what they're going to do and what did you think of this movie i liked this movie very much you did. there got, were a lot very of very mixed reviews very mixed reviews it's got 70% on imdb oh I, that's much better than i thought it was yeah it got very mixed reviews when it first came out i really like this i i am a sci-fi sure. viewer i like reading sci-fi novels and I like Chris Pratt a lot. Now, is the goal of this to find out who's the bad guy? 
there is no real bad guy in this. There is no... Okay. Th- there is... It's it's a man versus nature story okay. where the bad guy is they have to survive the the ship has problems that come up later in the story and they because they were awake were the ones that were there to save the other five thousand lives the people that didn't awaken on the ship well and, and the idea on that was they were not supposed to be awake they were supposed to be in hibernation correct but something went wrong okay. woke up Chris Pratt I don't want to ruin too much of this I, I, I won't this because is a, the a story movie is you want really to good reveal. I I think that this is a good movie I'm surprised at how many negative reviews there were when this first came out all right so I'll look I'll, I'll watch it this is, looks like something that I, I would have interest in yeah if you like Chris Pratt which I like Chris Pratt a lot if you like Jennifer Lawrence which I, whatever I could I could I could do without Jennifer Lawrence in this one, but she's she's fine. She's I a like, fine actress. I like Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, this is a good Mother. science fiction, talking to computers, interesting story. Okay. The other one that I got a chance to see, this is new on Netflix. It's a Netflix original called Little Evil. Really? Tell me about it. This is written and directed by Eli Craig, who happens to be Sally Field's son. And he's the same guy who wrote and directed Tucker and Dale vs. Evil back in 2010. If you, if you haven't seen Tucker... Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That's the movie to see. Little Evil, eh, not not quite so much. Is it a humor horror film? It is a comedy horror film on that same vein as Tucker and Dale versus Evil, okay. on sort of the same vein as an Ash versus Evil Dead, sort of, but it's more family friendly ish for a horror film it's about this guy who marries this beautiful woman and she has a six-year-old son the six-year-old son may or may not be uh, the son of the devil well there you go steve so did you recommend this this is a 50 50 for me I, i liked parts of this i liked the the situations that happened as a result of this guy being in this situation with this kid who very well might be the spawn of Satan. And, well, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of a juxtaposition. It's, it's a horror film, Steve. <laughs> it's, it, but it's a comedy horror. I actually like those sorts of movies. And the fact uh, that there's a, a certain uh, cameo appearance by the writer and director's mother is kind of important <laughs> to this. Sally Field herself does appear in this movie, and she plays a, a pretty important role. That lady from Smoking the Bandit? Uh, no, the Flying Nun. No, oh, that's no, right. No, Gidget. <laughs> America's sweetheart, Sally Field, is in this movie. It's a 50-50. Netflix okay. gives us so many different things. That there's, they can't all be home runs. This one is a solid double. Okay. I'm using baseball terms now. Of course you are. You got a chance to go and see it. So, you have to tell me. I haven't asked you this. We didn't do any pre-show on this. You have to tell me, did I overhype it? Yes. Dang it. I you knew did. you were going to say that. Well, I, I, I'll say that. The, I saw it at our local theater with like a thousand girls. I don't know if it was like Girl Scout Night or whatever. Girl Scout Night. Let's go to an R-rated horror film. Well, that's what, what what surprised me. I mean, I think these kids were, yeah, maybe they were in seventh, eighth, ninth grade. Okay. Um, so they were, they certainly were not of R. They, well, they had to be with a parent. Right. But when I say with a parent, it was like the Girl Scout leader. <laughs> and um, when I will say this, there's a reason why we have premium theaters now. Uh-huh. Because the giggling throughout the entire thing was... 
there. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is one of those where the audience changed your perspective, isn't it? No, no, no. I, I watched the film. I, I There was a lot of holes from, from it, um, this, this story. Okay. Now, I don't know if they'll be revealed. I'm, I'm assuming the, the book goes through these i don't i don't understand why the the people are still in town why don't they leave this town dairy yeah the dairy is the murder capital of the world why are people still living there is definitely a question for all of stephen king's stories now my my guess on this is that the entity the it Mm -hmm. um is keeping them here Uh uh subliminally some some way keeping them here that's just a guess i buy that all right um there's the other part is I, I don't understand the bully situation where um, it just seemed unfounded. There's no reason that a person should perform an act of violence against that other person. I'm not talking about hitting them. That part where they, um, they, they carve on the kid. Yeah. So I'm sitting there going, what world would that kid not get arrested or whatever? But I have a theory on that. Okay, go on. I think that Pennywise mm-hmm. is is influencing that kid. All right. So you see I, I, more psychic I have things to, going because on here. We don't really get an idea of what this thing is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't really get an idea of, you know, it just seems like there's so many holes. I don't know if the book addresses those, uh, but it just, I, I couldn't understand a number of elements on how this 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 story works out okay I, I think that the clown look was great yeah i think the um the kids movement was was fine stand by me was a far better movie than this i agree because rob reiner is a better storyteller i will i will absolutely agree with you on that but, but you but, certainly get that same stephen king stand by me feeling looking at the kids this, in this. this cast was awesome yeah great and that the girl who was in it she's absolutely just cute she's yes. a she's a cute girl and the, the i think that you've got a whole group of kids that will be the young actors going forward they cast the cast in this is fantastic and the fact that they made her molly ringwald reference about her That's in right. the story is pretty funny. I found out she's going to be showing up in a film, I think in HBO, where she plays an early Amy Adams. Oh. So that that makes a little sense. Yeah, the I, I really admire these kid actors in this one. If I was going to rate this, I would say 60, 65 out of 100. Okay. With 100 being, you know, the, the best. I, I This is not a bad film. I just left it going, there's just... I don't understand so much of it. Did you like the cinematography, the way they moved the camera in the swooping camera motions? Well, they were doing that. I think I, I think good. it was very skilled. I yeah. think it, there was a skill to it. I didn't find it particularly scary. Um, I, I think it was creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the, the, the beginning scene that kind of set it up was probably the better of the scenes. And I'm surprised there weren't more things like that. I, I didn't understand... I, I, I'm going to go ahead and just do another. There's a Jewish kid in it. And that was the other thing is that they made sure that they, everybody had somebody represented there. Right. But the Jewish kid um, has is going through. He's reading the Torah. He's trying to get to. Um, he's bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. Okay. Yeah. So he's doing that, and he's struggling with some some wording. So you know his father must be the rabbi in the area. Correct. And so he goes, and his father's kind of disgusted. He can't get the word right or whatever, and says, "Hey, just go put the book away." And he goes to put the book away, and I don't understand that whole scene. That why was that really going on? I know that that that's his fear, right? But on the reality of that is, why is it there? 
Um, why is it? Or in, is it there? Well, why is it in his dad's office? Is it in his dad's office, or is that some sort of thing that is the manifestation of his fear? This whole story of it is these kids are seeing what they are afraid of. So, so are you suggesting that that the reality they're looking at is not reality? Correct. That they are still being held is that what the story is i yes. mean in the book yes. eventually it will turn into that they're still kids and they are uh they are part of this no no that would that would be far too science fiction for stephen king to okay. write but the idea of this entity holding them there and and using them as it is is, is pretty accurate and, and you've read the, yes. the book mm -hmm. okay i think this book would be fascinating it is a good book and uh i'm i'm really shocked that they didn't go ahead and, and green light and have you know the first part coming out today the second part coming out in january i absolutely agree with you on that i think six months would be a great one part two part kind of like what they did with back to the future two and three Film them at the same time, hold one back, you know, hold it over our heads that this is coming, but they have not started filming on part two of it. And that's just, that's, that's, it's amazing to that's me. That's disrespectful to the viewer, knowing that this is only half. Now, the, the story could end there. I, I get that. But sort really, of. but it's not really, you know, I'm sitting here with, with holes going, yep. all right, wh why are they not leaving? What's going on? The parents all know this stuff is going on, and yet they say, yeah. yeah, go ride your bike. It'll be fine. Yeah. There, does, there's a curfew. Anybody, doesn't everybody, anybody ever go on vacation and say, you know what, the rest of the world is doesn't have this going on? It's much less dangerous outside of Derry. No, Derry is, is a special place. It is Stephen King's special spot where all of this stuff happens, including all, you know, so many of his other stories. Either they're in Derry or in Castle Rock, which is the next town over in this world. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's just a part of the the world that he's building here okay. okay well anyway um i was surrounded by young people and i said why are the young people the other the other thing is the uh, molestation uh part of this where the father and the and the daughter but they did not play that as straight molestation it, it is still a question mark the way that this film puts it together i it, don't think so there was is, two scenes man it was pretty a, pretty darn close but never actually spelled out does that get resolved later on then? Uh, all of the parent and children relationships get spelled out very clearly in the book. So, all right. So sometimes I'll oversell a movie. Well, it, it's it's not so oversold. This is a very popular film. It was packed. And uh, let's just say that ideally you don't want to watch it through with a, a gaggle of, of giggling girls. Although there was a kiss at the end and they all clapped. Oh my goodness. Because, of course, what do you do when right. you're in a theater with a thousand girls? All right. So on the scale, forget about all movies. On the horror movie scale, is there a better horror movie that you can think of than this? Sure. Zombieland's much better. Okay. That's uh, a stand, comedy. St stand By Me is stand better. Stand By Me. Okay. Uh, is better. Green Mile is better. Really? I didn't uh, think Green Mile was better. I, uh, I'm not sure that I would classify Green Mile as horror either. No, no but Stephen King's It's edge. drama. Um, and, and, you know, The Shining is better. Okay, this, this, Shining. This okay. is not going to be an art film. This is a this is a disposable film, okay. like the Marvel films are, that is a very good consumption. But I, over time, I don't know. I, I mean, I can tell you right now, when Halloween comes... Um, there'll be a lot of clowns. There'll be a lot of clowns and a lot of little boys in yellow slickers. 
That's that's the two things you're going to see this this Halloween. So yes. be prepared for a Stephen King Halloween. <laughs> All Dark Tower references. Oh, oh, <laughs> not so much. Opening this week, maybe there's some movies that we'll see some Halloween costumes from. The Kingsman sequel, The Kingsman, The Golden Circle is opening this week. This is a Mark Millar um, graphic novel. Yes. And uh, it, it seems James Bondish. Yes. You know, superhero-ish. And it's got Samuel L. Jackson in it. Of course it's going to be fun. Of course it's got Samuel L. Jackson in it. He's in every movie. <laughs> so this will, this will do well. Did I think you watch the fun. original? Yes. It was good. It's I, fine. I liked it. I, Absolutely fine. It is what it is, but I, I like that one just fine. I sure. think this one will be just as good. The Lego Ninjago movie is coming out this weekend, Chip. So we'll see. Uh, they move from you know the Lego movie, mm-hmm. which, which was, was so, so good. Absolutely. Spectacular. The Batman movie. Not quite nearly no. as good. And this is the third part. Uh, yeah. And we'll see, because these characters are a little more out there. Not only that, but these characters are from a generation that is removed from the people who have the money. I don't know anything about Ninjago as a, as a Lego character. But you don't need to. It's a Lego movie. It's going to be funny. They're going to tell stories. And my assumption, this will be a very capable film without Will Arnett. Well, without Will Arnett, why why do I even go to a Lego movie? I, I really honestly don't have plans to go see this one. I don't either, but I have a, a feeling that when I do see it, I will find some humor in it. I think so. There is a movie called Battle of the Sexes coming out. This is the true story of the 1973 tennis match between Billie Jean King and a hustler named Bobby Riggs. This yes. is a comedy. And, and if you remember it, he was like, uh, a man can beat a woman, and you know, you got Billie Jean King right there, yeah. who is this incredible uh, tennis player. And of course, uh, it's all a big ruse. Really? I think so. You think it was all just, it's, well, he was World he, Wrestling he's, Federation he's, tennis? He is a, there, there are people that have been known as blowhards. Okay. And obviously it's to get a rise okay. and to create a spectacle. And people got there, and of course, you know, you've got... Two people there, Steve Carell and Emma, Emma Stone. Stone. I mean, uh, how how perfect is the casting here? Steve Carell as a blowhard. What? Who could ever think of casting that? <laughs> and Emma Stone as the the wisecracking, hard as nails champion. You know, this is like a uh, an article you would read, yeah. and all of a sudden they make it into a movie. Yeah. All right, so maybe I'll watch this when it comes on I, streaming. Yeah, I, I think I'll catch this one at some point, but probably not in the theater. There's a there's a really interesting concept film called Loving Vincent that's coming out. This is the, the story of Vincent Van Gogh and all of the tragedy that was his life, but the, the twist is this is the world's first fully oil-painted feature film so it's kind of cartoony they rotoscoped the the action Mm -hmm. and then put something that looks like oil paint on top of that and so it looks like a van gogh painting yes and this looks fascinating it is it certainly has the visual fascination so so my hope is and and i'm thinking like what dreams may come oh yeah and where they use maybe a similar type process very similar probably okay so i think this is could be very interesting i'm hoping the story um, that they wrote for this movie adds to this. So it's not something you go, oh, this is pretty, mm-hmm. but the story stunk. Well, the story of Vincent Van Gogh is is a story that we know about you know depression and pain sure. and suffering and this 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 starving artist who has nothing and and feels like he's a failure. And then after he dies, the world discovers he's Vincent Van Gogh and and 
sees the the art in what he was doing. Yeah, so you know, you, you can give an eye or you can give an ear. Oh, oh boy. No. Oh, Vincent. <laughs> I all the only thing I can think of of course is the Doctor Who episode where Doctor Who goes and visits Vincent van Gogh and it is a very touching story about depression with with a a PSA at the end where the actors come out and say depression is dangerous. Okay. If you are depressed, find help and it's very touching i look forward to looking to seeing this one a little starry starry night right that's right sing a song that's right victoria and abdul is a movie that's coming out it's the story of it's the british movie of the week the british movie of the week (laughs) queen victoria and her unlikely friendship with a young indian named abdul this is dame judy dench taking up queen victoria in this movie steve the the british love to experience the empire once again through the Film. Remember how? Good, <laughs> hey, remember how good the Empire was? Yeah, it was good. Much better than Jedi. Let's have a big dinner with lots of people and, and, and one the, servant for every person that's eating. That's right. And Queen Victoria was such a character. Oh, My yeah. goodness. And Dame Judi Dench is is fantastic. I look forward to seeing this one. I will. I will definitely seek this one out. There's a movie called Wood Shock. Uh, this is a, a really surreal, weird movie. Uh, David Lynch has nothing to do with it, so I'm not sure I'm going to see it, but it looks David Lynch-ish. Yes, it looks like you're looking through reality some yeah, way. So All right, so that's there. Yeah, there's that. That's mind-altering substances are probably sort part of, of this. Mi- oh, definitely, that is the storyline. Is There's some sort of mind-altering substance that is changing the perception of the characters and would shock or what if you are on Netflix, Steve? And if you're not on mind altering substances, then you can see the Gaga documentary. It's called Five Foot Two. It's all about Lady Gaga and her preparations for her Super Bowl halftime show from last year. All right. Or that was this year still. Yes. It was only nine months ago. Boy. Yes, it was. It's so time moves quickly. The Gaga. The Gaga and all of her screaming fans and all of the amazing, all of her little monsters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And all of her amazing costumes and makeup and all the things that she She's is. She's abandoned that, though. Has she? Yes. Really? Yeah. She's I... gone much more straight. Like, uh, that, was a, that was a period of oh. her career. Kind of like maybe David Bowie, kind of re- reinventing herself. Very interesting. And this is probably part of that reinvention. Is is going through some of those things, kind of, kind of showing this this side. Very interesting. That's on Netflix. Netflix gives us so many wonderful things. That's another one of those. Steve, Netflix what if you want to relive the nineteen uh, eighties? Oh, September twenty second, my friend. September twenty second marks the thirtieth anniversary of the premiere of Full House on television. And Steve, for a person like you, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the 30th anniversary, all the cast and crew of Fuller House, the the new no show, way. are releasing season three, or at least half of season three, onto Netflix on September 22nd. So here's the deal. I make fun of this. Uh-huh. And my kids love it. I love this show. My kids, my kids but eat it up. It's so saccharine. It's such a, a dumb sitcom, but they they are so real in their desire to tell these stories, even though these stories are so not real. It's ridiculous. <laughs> no, no, that's that's Perfect Strangers. We're gonna see the Perfect Strangers 30th anniversary coming up really soon. It's I'm gonna, sure. It's gonna come on Netflix next too. <laughs> It should be the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> Full 
Fuller House is so much fun. I, I do watch these shows. I do find joy in them. I know that your girls they love, them. love these shows. They absolutely do. And I, I look forward to this. They are splitting up season three. This Oh, good. There'll be a cliffhanger. A very special one. A very special cliffhanger will happen at the end of the ninth episode. <laughs> and they have nine more episodes that they have not yet determined a date to put them out. But all indications seem to be that it will be Christmas time, just like season two was. What? Yeah. <laughs> so look forward to season three, part two, with nine more episodes. So all right. We've got more movies. <laughs> you're done talking about Fuller House? Is that yes. what you're trying to say? Okay. There's one called Last Rampage, the true story of an infamous prison break. This one features Heather Graham, Robert Patrick, and the late John Hurd. This looks like an interesting you know, prison break movie. They're going to they're gonna break out, or as the guy says, we're going to break them back in. We're going to break them back in. Oh, there you okay, go. Okay, good for you, John It's Hurd. a true story, though. True story from 1978. It looks very Dukes of Hazard. Yes. <laughs> it looks like Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Boss Hog chasing the... Chasing the Duke Boys. Last Rampage is the title of that one. And there's one called Big Bear. This is a very strange comedy. This one is of those a comedy. dark comedies about the guy It's who's, a bachelor party. A uh, bachelor party that has been called off, but the, the friends are still there because the, the they didn't know that the wedding was off. There's a dark part to this. And then it takes a very dark twist. We see this in so many films lately. What a... What a um, it, this looks strange. This looks like a comedy that missed the joy part mm-hmm. um and and the farcical part of it uh-huh uh and maybe there's a serious one i could be wrong i'm going from the trailer yeah based um, on the trailer it is another one of those dark comedies where something goes terribly wrong and then there's violence and and i i don't see the joy in that not my favorite book it book it book it book it book it book it Brings us to our book at our book of the week. I have been listening to the the mellow tones of Neil deGrasse Tyson telling me all about astrophysics this week. Astrophysics for people in a hurry. Yes, that's a great title, isn't it? It is. Astrophysics for people in a hurry is a collection of Neil deGrasse Tyson's essays from the last two decades. These are essays that he wrote in various magazines and you know real scholarly journals about astrophysics and, and he, he he's going to talk to the little people and when we say talk to i got the audible version of this because i love listening to neil degrasse tyson's voice so he was actually presenting the material he presents these this material to us in a way that i not an astrophysicist can totally understand and can totally grasp the concepts now audible is an amazon company there's a they've got a whole library of books mm-hmm. many of them are very reasonably priced mm-hmm. and uh daily specials the daily it's... specials are great uh, tom Merritt's book was up there for two dollars the other day it's like okay, okay yoink <laughs> <laughs> well the, the beauty of it is if you don't have time to read mm-hmm. have it read to you and get some, through some material and get some new ideas astrophysics right. is a hard concept okay. and this book boils it down to a way that you can understand. So there's a lot of topic topics that are being discussed. Tell me about a topic that you yeah, that you found of interest. My favorite of all of these articles that he reads for us here is about the Fermi paradox. You may have no you may what, know what, Fermi. Like Fermi Lab? Like Fermi Lab. Okay. That's that physicist 
Enrico Fermi had a lot of great work in his time. So what is the Fermi paradox? Yeah, the paradox is this. The universe is huge. It's almost immeasurable. It is almost infinite, our universe. And if we have an infinite universe, mm -hmm. there's a theoretically infinite number of planets. If there's an infinite number of planets, or very nearly infinite, and those planets have been here for hundreds of billions of years there should be life on other planets. But the paradox is we, on Earth, we haven't seen any evidence of that in all of our time that we've been looking. Well, obviously he hasn't seen ancient aliens, Steve. <laughs> there are certainly people who would say that we have plenty of evidence <laughs> of, of other worlds and visitors that, to our world. That's on the History Channel, if you don't know. That's Steven history. Spielberg will tell you all about all of the aliens that have come here. Oh, that, I'm, we're kidding. But this is a really kind of an interesting paradox mm -hmm. because it's suggesting that there, there are reasons for that. There's lots of possibilities. There's lots of reasons. One of my favorite theories on mm -hmm. this paradox is in the infinite amount of time, life only exists for a, a narrow slice of that on any given planet. So if you think of a timeline, mm -hmm. and that, that may be wrong, by the way, but if you're thinking of a timeline as we understand it today... You know, there was a birth of our planet. There was a birth of our universe. The Big Bang Theory is well, that currently. Well, I'm going for the birth of our planet. Okay. Where living organisms first started. Uh-huh. And there will be, at some point in the future, maybe a time where there's no more life on our planet. Extinction is probable on our planet, yeah. Okay, but we're dealing also with infinite uh, time. Nearly infinite, yeah. All right, so at some point in the past, mm -hmm. before life existed on Earth, or sometime in the future, um, when there's no life left on this planet, right? There may be life existing, and because of that, th these may never touch each other, right? Right. That is that is one of the many theories. The second theory is the vastness of space. There might be a million planets out there with life on them, but we can't see them. Well, an example of that would be if I painted one grain of sand pink mm -hmm. and I dropped it on the beach. Yeah. All right, what's the chance of you finding that pink piece, pink piece of sand? That's very, very improbable. Especially if you didn't know where I dropped it. Right. And so that's another theory, is that aliens might be flying around in their spaceships, but they don't see us, the little blue, pink piece of sand. Well, we're using aliens, but really life. Life could be a, a plant. Well. Could be, it could be any type of life. Anything. Yeah. yeah, and intelligent life, then, is a whole nother piece of the equation. And, that, and there's a statistical probability. And it's, and it's it's either a huge possibility, or it's very improbable that there is life. Yeah. We're finding so many Goldilocks planets lately. We are finding so many planets where we could possibly see life. Steve could have his own planet. Well, you could buy whatever you want. They'll sell you anything. <laughs> Amazon will ship it to you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you could you could have your own planet. There are possibilities out there, but they are so so far away from here. And uh, is this the part where you want to give us the Battlestar Galactica introduction? I was thinking much more about the Han Solo and the <laughs> the thirteen parsecs, which is about the distance from us to those planets that we found this summer that are Goldilocks planets. He did the Kessel Run, Steve. That is almost exactly the distance of the Kessel Run. <laughs> it worked out. If you look at the math, 
You laugh. You're laughing at me. This book, I, I, this is a book that you should go and and seek out. I, I is it a contemplative book or is it a book you can passively listen to and just absorb stuff? Uh, more contemplative than passive. You okay. you can just have the information wash over you. It's very similar to the TV show Cosmos okay. Okay. that Fox put out. What was that two years ago? Three years ago now? So this is an intellectual, but for the pop market. I there you go. There is there is the best review that you have for this book. I enjoy intellectual for the pop market. Mm-hmm. I am the market for this book, and I think a lot of our listeners would enjoy this one as well. Astrophysics for People in a Hurry by Neil deGrasse Tyson. You can find it on our Amazon store, Amazon.TooMuchScrolling.com. Scroll with it. Brings us to our scroll with it, and not only is Steve, it Steve, we're wearing Lederhosen. We're wearing Lederhosen, but it's also Oktoberfest, Chip. Our Lederhosen. Our. Let's go to Germany. <laughs> so uh, last Saturday in Bavaria, yes, they opened up the uh, Oktoberfest. Maybe 184 years. This has been going on. Isn't that isn't that amazing? I thought it went on forever. So how did Oktoberfest get started? Oktoberfest is the celebration of the marriage feast between Bavarian King Ludwig and Saxonia's Maria Theresa. Of course. It's a wedding feast. You get it? You come together and you have a party to celebrate this marriage. And here we are 184 years later. Happy anniversary, Ludwig and Theresa. <laughs> drink drink these massive beers. Oh, delicious. Oktoberfest is my favorite favorite beer of the year every year every year right on the first day of september i go to the beer store and i go where is it where's the oktoberfest i love it i i like it more than any other beer the whole rest of the year throw in some uh bratwurst oh yeah throw in some uh, other some, some pretzels pretzels get some pretzels and, and mustard some, and mustard it's delicious. Uh, in Munich last year, they had a half million roasted chickens during this celebration. It's just a celebration. It's a celebration of death, Steve. Just in Munich, that was just <laughs> chickens of Munich. Half a million of them. Paris Hilton is permanently banned from the celebration. Uh, she, she apparently had too much fun at one of these a few years back, and Paris Hilton is permanently banned from Oktoberfest. So don't so, look for her at your Oktoberfest. So party. There, there's not going to be. She's not going to bring her DJ. Across. Equipment and no. set up and get things going. No, no, Paris Hilton is not allowed. <laughs> but there is one in Chicago. I'm not sure if she's if she's banned from the one in Chicago. That one's starting on Friday, September 29th, and runs through the weekend, and that ends therefore on Sunday, October 1st. So you've got a couple weeks to kind of uh, build up to this yeah, event. You get get ready. Okay. Get ready. Go to your beer store and say, "Where is it?" So you're gonna you're gonna do the one in Chicago, and that's just that's actually um, downtown. There's that's not a Catholic sh- uh, church. Okay. Um, and there's a whole bunch of, uh, local festivals. There's, if you go to our notes that you can click through and you can find a bunch of restaurants and communities are having their own Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, since we are located where we are located, yeah. there's Beer City north of us, yeah, Steve. Yeah, go straight up to Milwaukee. Go straight to the source. Beer is in Milwaukee. And they take their Oktoberfest seriously, I'm Steve. I'm sure that they do. And, uh, it, it's actually two weeks there. Wow. So yeah. you, you can go to the Chicago one. And the Milwaukee one. 
that seems like a recipe for disaster right there. <laughs> let let uh, let the buyer beware on that one. Go up and do a uh, a, a tour of, of you singers. You could do this. You could do the dancing, the slap dancing, like uh, like sorry. European vacation. Little, little um, yes, of course. <laughs> Chevy Chase. All right. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who remember that movie. Oh, yeah. European <laughs> Vacation. Everybody remembers European Vacation. Come on. Big Ben, Parliament. <laughs> it's a great film. I love Oktoberfest. I, I, I hope everybody has a lot of fun and not too much fun at Oktoberfest. Oh, we're going to have a great time. This week, we got to have a good time watching Apple give us all of the new stuff that we are going to want to buy for 2017 and 2018. There's eight different models of iPhone that are going to be for sale in 2017 this so, year. So let me let you in a little secret. Uh, this is not Steve Jobs' Apple company. No, Steve Jobs would hate the idea of having he was eight like, different models. He goes, no, we got two. Two, if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, You got no, this two. one and this one and that's it. That's it. Eight different models, ranging all the way down to the SE, that smaller form factor all the way up to the new model 10 that's the anniversary edition all right so the model 10 starts at 999 right yeah 999 dollars american and um that's a lot of money that is a lot of money for a phone even and for a supercomputer that is that is a good amount of money for a laptop that, that is and in fact that's what's the interesting part about it mm -hmm. uh this is a i mean it is has all the insides mm -hmm of a premium component. This is definitely Apple-like right? in, in the sense that they it's maybe way more powerful than it needs to be. Yeah, they got the new A11 Bionic Neural Chip. Of course. Steve. Yeah, the of bio course. Bionic Neural Chip. It runs really slowly. And <laughs> Corinthian leather, right? It's got six cores in the CPU. This is the world's first six-core phone. You're going to need all that computing power, right? No, that's that's where we're running into a problem right now. You and I certainly don't need that kind of computing power, and I'm not sure of anybody who's doing enough work on their phone to need that much CPU power. I don't. I I, I think that's something. I don't understand this. This yeah, I, this is really a, a baffling introduction. Mm -hmm. Uh, first, the price point is so just out there. Right now, I know parts are expensive and stuff, but we should see th these uh, phones starting to drop in price. But right. Apple's known for premium products; they're at, they're known to push the envelope on pricing. Mm -hmm. uh, th there's no doubt that this is um, the modern phone. And maybe a preview of what we're going to see for the next model of iPhone. The iPhone 8 was introduced today, and it was fine. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with it. It's just, it pales in comparison to what will be available with this 10. The, you know, the, the, the backlash $4,000 phone mm -hmm. could be that we just start saying, listen, I'm going with the SE. It's right. $349. Um, that is the price point I want to pay for a phone mm -hmm. because I only need this for it to do these uh uh i guess apps or this tasks to, yeah i only yeah. need this amount of power um and we're seeing that in, in computers and all sorts of stuff televisions where pe people are choosing chromebooks versus uh -huh. having computers right and choosing a macbook versus having a full uh macbook pro right 
or choosing a tablet versus having um, you know a full computer. Although that's causing all sorts of that's other all sorts of other things you you run into in your work where a tablet might not be enough computer. Yeah, they're, people's computers are getting older. They're not replacing them. They're thinking they're going to be able to do what they need to do the, either on their phone or on their tablet. And it's just sometimes that's just not, not possible. Yeah not possible there's a new apple watch it has cellular built in 4g cellular built into your phone dick tracy that's right i was going to say this is uh it'll be premiered in woodstock illinois right. uh at the dick tracy museum <laughs> and the capabilities of it seem to be finally to the point where the apple watch might be something viable for the public it is but it's still pricey we're yeah. still looking what about five hundred dollars uh, right? four hundred dollars for the the lowest model with cellular yeah yeah, and yeah. and when you get one of these, if you're Verizon or, or AT and T, I think they're saying ten bucks a month Correct. more. So we, you know, whatever you're paying for, same as your tablet. Yeah. Yep. So the, this the, the beauty of it is you do not need your phone to mm -hmm. be able to have it. That's very helpful if you're working out, if you're going somewhere. Maybe you know we're almost at the cusp of not having to carry a phone around. Maybe we're right on the edge of getting rid of this concept of the smartphone and maybe the next generation of the watch will have some sort of display that we can see what's happening mm -hmm. on top of the real world. And, and the idea of not carrying a phone around and having your watch mm -hmm. may be the, the, the next move. Well, part of what they showed us this week was AR kit, this augmented reality capability that the phone has to do just that, to add information on top of your real world view. Mm -hmm. It's it's really underwhelming right now what they showed us with the iPhone. I, I was really hoping for for more okay. augmented reality than we saw. And, and when you say augmented, that would be putting your schedule against the wall, mm -hmm. that type of thing. That sort with, of thing. Okay, where the television is not really there, it's against the wall. Or... Yeah, you're thinking more of the HoloLens from Microsoft. Yeah. That's the demonstration that I was hoping for from Apple. Mm -hmm. And Apple just showed us how with your phone you can see in the lens of your phone these things. I want some sort of facial okay. device. I want a wearable. You want the Apple contacts. I want the Apple contacts. <laughs> when it really comes down to it, I really want the contacts. Uh, those of you who haven't read the book Demon by Daniel Suarez, there's an augmented reality story for you. All right. So they, they updated the Apple TV. They brought it 4K HDR. Yep. Um, for our listeners who don't know what that means, it's just the latest te uh, technology for televisions. It looks purdy. It, it it does, yeah. but your eyes really can't see it in 4K. Right. There's very little material that's released in 4K because it requires so much data. Right. Uh, to come, it doesn't really matter. It's it's it allows you if you want to look two inches from your your television screen to have it look really really nice. Is but that, if you're looking at it on your phone, you don't need 4K. You yeah, really you, don't. You, you don't. And if you're looking at it in, as a regular person, yeah. you don't need 4K, too, because your eyes can't see that. Right. All right. Regardless, all right, so let's get some playful, the playful thing they had. I think the, the one thing that was the special thing, the wow factor for this particular Apple event, was something called Animoji. They bought a company, and they acquired into their operating system this ability for real-time animation to happen real-time rendering of animation you move your face and a cartoon character on your phone moves its face in the same way and the easy way of thinking about this is you become whatever cartoon character as an avatar mm -hmm. and you you basically call your 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 
kids. Uh-huh. So every time Steve pops up, he's a unicorn, uh-huh. and he's asking his kids stuff, and everybody's going to say, who's that unicorn talking to you? You can imagine what that <laughs> does in a, a virtual world, a virtual reality existence. If you go to school in virtual reality, a la Ready Player One, <laughs> your avatar can now, with this new technology, be realistically moving the way that you are moving in the real world. So I'll finally have six-pack abs, is what I'm really saying. I, I think six-pack abs are on the list of things that you can add to your avatar. Well, it is Oktoberfest. It is Oktoberfest. It's all about the exercise. All right, so we're also getting some fun stuff. Um, T-Mobile has added Netflix. Yes, and I'm waiting. I'm for no, for no additional waiting. cost. For no additional cost. And it just added on to your device contract, you have access to Netflix if you're a T-Mobile customer. All right, so and I have AT&T, and AT&T gives you HBO. Right. Uh, and also DirecTV Some direct subscriber. TV connections. I have the ability to do that, although I did find out I have to hardwire it for my... Um, for my office, I, really? I can't just let it uh, flow huh. from my uh, from some place that's well. It just basically said it needed to have it hardwired. So, hmm. so be it. Because all that data, Maybe. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on what Verizon's going to give us. As as a Verizon customer, I think that they have something that they're going to show us. They've been talking about it for over a year now. Mm-hmm. They they purchased AOL. They have all of the Yahoo uh, Yahoo information. Uh, I, I'm waiting on the next shoe to drop to see how Verizon is going to catch up with this one. We'll see. We'll I'm, hope, see. I'm hoping for Hulu. I, I like Hulu a lot. As a cord cutter, Hulu is my DVR, and if that was rolled into my package of cellular, mm-hmm. I would be pretty happy with that. I think T-Mobile customers are happy with the Netflix being included. Steve, it's the time of year where television programs are being released, yes. and mischievous things sometimes happen in <laughs> television programs. Especially South Park. So what did South Park do with their premiere this oh, week, Steve? Oh, South Park, you guys. You guys... They they did the thing that all of us have wanted to do for a long time. They activated all of their viewers' Alexa and Google Home devices using all of those keywords. And, and you can imagine what they could get that thing to do remotely. I can't, I can't do the beeps. Like, did it? Could, yeah. you, <laughs> could you imagine your TV show of choice ordering a DVD of itself? Well, there you go. There you go. That's Alexa. What, Order. <laughs> don't say. Don't say the keyword. <laughs> Alexa, Google. What do we say? Hey Google. What is the population of the U.S.? <laughs> okay, Google. Play the latest. Oh, I made my phone. I activated my phone. I'm trying to do a trick on you guys, and I activated my phone. That didn't work out very good. I'm not very good at this, but South Park is. South Park successfully pulled this off, and they. Okay, Google, tell me a joke. <laughs> I'm gonna turn my phone off if we're gonna keep doing this this bit. This is so much fun. I I don't really watch South Park as much as I used to, but I admire I admire Trey Parker and Matt Stone and their genius and their ability to do stuff like this. Their stunt work on that show is stunning. Alexa, when is the next South Park playing? <laughs> Alexa, play latest episode of Too Much Scrolling Podcast. <laughs> there we go. Now we're confusing your life. <laughs> We're as fun as Trey Parker and Matt Stone. 
This is, this is great. I, I love this. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Arr, if we can come back next week there, Steve. <laughs> oh, you still talk like a pirate day for the rest <laughs> of the day. I'll be doing the morning announcement soon, and we'll be happy to make little first graders go, what? <laughs> what is he doing? Why is he talking that way? Why is he way? talking like that? <laughs> Kevin Meany. <laughs> We're a Big Pants family. That's right. If you need more information, give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. Our website is TooMuchScrolling.com. Our email is TooMuchScrolling at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. And every day of the week, you can go to our new site, news.toomuchscrolling. Find all the news that you need to survive another day. I just want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Foder. And I'm Captain Hessenflow. We'll see you in the future. Our future. Alexa. Oh, what I want to thank you for.